Hello and welcome to another episode of Bring the Podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson. JT Van Gilder is here with us today. JT, how you doing? Uh, trying to stay warm. It is, it is freezing <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard. Seems like a lot of snow. So we are uh, really excited today. We've got a very special guest from Kansas City football guard, Ben Adler. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Ben, it's good to hear from you. I think, I feel like the last time I saw you, you know, you were just a, like a, a little swimmer and a soccer player, you know, back in Winfield. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit smaller back then, but I was still <laughs> a pretty, pretty good-sized kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for those who don't know, you know, Ben and I um, you know, grew up in the same town in Winfield. I think our families went to the same church, you know, kind of knew each other a little bit. Uh, I think about 11 years behind me, because you graduated in 2016, right? Yeah, I graduated in uh, in 2017, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I used to, you know, I would, I would watch your dad playing church, like, stop and pick up games on Sunday nights. Um, so I got to ask, I mean, is he still out there crushing home runs and pulling up from 30 feet and pick up games? You know, his knees have gotten a little worse over the years, so uh, he uh, he yeah. tries to tries to stay off the wood floor as much. But yeah, I remember when I was a little kid, that was that was probably one of my favorite things to do was go watch all those younger teams called it the old man team. But I loved going to watch my dad <laughs> play, and it was it was always fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my dad would play too. It was like you, you and your dad versus a bunch of like teenagers or twenty something year old guys. So they yeah. held their own. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, so kind of you know, just first of all, I guess, what are you doing now? Because are back in school this semester and everything. How's it going? It's going really well. We started uh, we started workouts last uh, Friday with uh, with different kinds of testing for forties and short shuttles and stuff like that, and then height, weight, body weight type stuff on Saturday, and got our first run in at six a.m. on Saturday. So that was that was really good. And then last week was our first full week back of running and lifting every day and stuff like that. So it was it was really good to kind of get back into our normal schedule and kind of mix up between workouts and class. And it, it definitely keeps me busy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hope right now that that spring will look mostly normal. I think so. As of right now, that's kind of what we're planning for. But I'm sure that the coaches and our medical staff have certain things put into place to make sure that if things pick back up with COVID-19 that we have certain things in place to make sure everyone stays safe and we can get those practices in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, And I know, I guess some of the the lower level schools, like we have a Division II school here and like the FCS schools are playing like some scrimmages this spring because they didn't get to play last fall, but you guys probably won't be doing anything like that since you got to play a full schedule. Yeah, no, we'll probably just go through our normal spring ball schedule of, I think it's like 12 practices or something like that, 16 practices that we go through and end with like a spring game or a spring practice or something like that. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you're ready to to have a full year of preparation um, after last season, you know, kind of messed up the spring and everything coming into it. How hard was it to you know, get ready for really, I mean, your first full season in a big role and then all that happens. How tough was the preparation for that? You know, I think the offensive line, we could have definitely benefited from getting those reps as a unit in the spring, kind of getting 
familiar with all like, I mean, Cooper Beebe, me getting familiar playing with Cooper Beebe at right tackle and playing next to Noah Johnson. And granted, we had played the previous year, second string guys, uh, we've been playing together, but kind of get, get used yeah. to being around each other with being starters and stuff like that. And then it was kind of starting to cram stuff in kind of towards July because we had issues in June where we kind of had to shut down for a little bit. And then we didn't really fully get back up and running till about July. And then we had a month to get ready for camp and stuff like that. And we had to really utilize our reps and stuff during camp with missing spring ball. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was tough. And then if I remember right, I mean, kind of projections going into the season, a lot of people were, were picking you to be a second string. You know, when did you gain the coach's trust and move into that starting role? I mean, it was kind of in the spring sometime. I mean, Coach Riley, we had our end of the year meeting and he, he basically said that, I mean, all the seniors are gone at this point. I mean, we need we need new guys to step up and be leaders. I mean, with losing six seniors the previous year, mm-hmm. it was time for younger guys to step up and lead and do that kind of thing. So, I mean, I, I knew that I needed to work hard in the offseason to earn earn my spot and stuff like that. So it was it was it was encouraging to know that that I could like help help the team out and stuff like that and know that Coach Riley could count on me and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I was certainly excited to to see you get in there. And I, I know, so Josh Rivas said a couple of things, I think, before the season started. He was quoted to say, you know, that the young guys have, have a chip on your, their shoulder, kind of some stuff to prove. And then I think he also mentioned you specifically, he said your, your technique had gotten a whole lot better. You know, can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, kind of my sophomore year, I was still kind of getting to know the offense and stuff like that. And I was kind of raw on technique. And that was kind of going into my junior year. That was kind of something I focused on. I'd gotten the offense down and stuff like that. And it was time to start working on my footwork and my technique, hand placement, firing off the ball low and just that kind of stuff. It was a lot better to be able to have like know the offense and focus on the little things. Yeah. yeah. And JT, I mean, I think we certainly talked a lot about the offensive line being a big question mark, largely because it was just such an unknown with all the the experience that left, right? Yeah, I mean, and Ben would know it. Uh, you know, you lose five starters, right. and that's that's tough for anybody. Uh, you know, and in a normal year, that would have been a, you know tough for these guys, and and I, I feel like they definitely stepped up. And you know, as a fan, I was definitely pretty proud of how they uh, came together real quick and played overall. So. Yeah, yeah. And so then, Ben, I mean, that first start, I'm sure you're already feeling some pressure being out there, and then your starting center goes down, and you have to move over to center. You know, what's what's going through your head at that point? Did did you feel ready for that? <laughs> you know, I was pretty nervous going into it, because that week I had taken a few center reps, but not very many, and then Noah gets hurt on the second drive, and Coach Riley looks at me, he's like, all right, you got to go center. And I was like, oh, you know, I haven't taken that many reps this week, but I'm going to do anything I can to, to help out my team and do everything that I can. And I know that I was going back and watching the film after the game. I was kind of disappointed in my snaps. I wasn't – I know in the KU game after watching the film, because I played center in that game as well, uh, my snaps were quite a bit more firm. I was kind of floating them back there in the Arkansas State game just because nervous about sending one over uh, over Skyler's head and right. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, to the layman, you know, we know there's a difference between the, you know, the different spots, but, but besides just snapping the ball, what's, what's kind of a big difference between the the guard and the center spot 
With Noah playing center, it makes the offensive guard and offensive tackles lives so much easier. I mean, he's loud with the mic ID calls. He makes his calls loud. I mean, you basically just have to sit there and listen to Noah and he names off all the calls and he's smart enough that he, he knows everything that's going on in the play. And it's not saying that we don't know the play, but it, he just is really good about making sure everyone is on the same page and making sure we're all moving together and we don't have one guy that's running one play and another guy running it the other way and stuff like that. And so, I mean, as an offensive lineman, I'm sure, you know, you're most comfortable in the position where you practice the most, obviously, but I mean, do you have a decent understanding of, of what every offensive lineman is supposed to do on each play? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of one thing that I like worked on in the off season was not only figuring out guard and knowing the technique and plays and stuff as a guard, but knowing the mic IDs and the different kind of calls I have to make if I play center. And I mean, I'm definitely not the, the tackle size or the ideal tackle by any means, but kind of knowing like what I need to do if I were to get thrown in at tackle or stuff like that, like it, it definitely benefits and I mean, I think Cooper Beebe is probably one of our best guys when it comes to being able to play every position because, I mean, he can snap the ball. He can play guard like he did in the last two games. He can play tackle like he did the entire year. I mean, he can play about anywhere on the field. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that game you get thrown into the fire. And, and like you said, you were looking back at the film. and I mean, not completely happy with the way you played it, but I mean, did that kind of get you motivated to, to get ready for the next week at Oklahoma? Because you guys obviously showed out in that one. Yeah, we were sick to our stomachs after that game, after the Arkansas State game. We were sitting in the locker room like, wow, that we really we really just lost. And, I mean, granted, Arkansas State played a heck of a game. Like, I credit mm-hmm. to them. They did a really good job. But we knew that they didn't beat us. We beat ourselves in that game. So, it, and even going back and watching the film of that game, you could just tell we make a little mistake here and make a little mistake there. And if you don't have all 11 guys all on the same page, there's going to be a bust somewhere. There's going to be a tackle for loss. There's going to be a sack. I mean, so many things can go wrong if you're, if not everyone's on the same page. And Coach Riley says it all the time. Make sure you're doing your 111th. And don't try to do somebody else's job. Make sure you're doing your job perfect and count on your teammates to do their job perfect and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I know, you know, Coach Kleiman has talked about this a little bit, and you guys don't want to make excuses, but you, you were missing a lot of players for the Arkansas State game, and, and the COVID-19 issues play, you know, came up again, especially late in the season. Um, you know, do you think that play, just having all those guys out? You know, would it have made a difference? I don't know. It might have made a difference, but... I mean, we were confident in the guys that we had available that we could go out there and we could compete. Yeah. And and like I said, it had nothing to do with not really having the numbers to do it. It was just us not playing to our right. full capability and yeah. kind and of going is, through the motions. You know, we've noted before, Arkansas State was missing a lot of guys too. So yeah. it's not like it was just Kansas State. But um, yeah, what about, you know, as the season went on though and you had that going on, like was it – did that make practices hard? Did you have times where, like, it was hard to get enough guys to to do, you know, full-sided practices, that sort of thing? We only had, I think, a few practices where they would pull people out of practice and we were missing. We'd only have a few defensive tackles or we'd only have a few offensive linemen. We'd have some guys pulled out. And then with injuries on top of that, we only had a few practices where we had issues like that. But, 
I mean, for the most part, the entire season, we mainly had everybody. And then every once in a while, we'd lose. Hmm. It was like losing our two linebackers against Baylor and Iowa State. And it was just little things like that that it definitely stunk not being able to have those guys. But again, our coaches believed in us and we believed in ourselves that we could go in and, and compete to our best ability. Yeah. yeah. And of course, then, I mean, the last two games after you'd started the first eight games, you get pulled out. I think I remember Friday, the news broke that, that you and Josh Revis were going to be out because you were on the COVID list. It's funny because I, I think I texted my dad like, oh, man, Ben's going to be out. He's like, already because I played Mark, golf with Marcus yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, what was that experience like for you? You know, it was it was another one of those Arkansas State feelings, just sick to my stomach. I mean, Friday, we already go through our COVID testing on Wednesday. We go through our prep practice on Thursday, kind of just going through all of our plays that we're going to run, opening plays and stuff like that. And then we take our COVID test in the morning and it's nine o'clock and plane leaves at like one or something like that. And they pulled Josh out and I'm kind of sitting there like, uh-oh, and not long after that, they they pull me out because I'm his roommate, and I ended up I ended up ringing up positive with it, and it was definitely sickening to have to watch the games and know guys that you competed uh, competed with all year, basically having to sit at home in Manhattan, Kansas, while they're they're fighting and playing in Waco, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and that was probably the thing that me and Josh hated the most about it is basically being stuck at home watching our teammates compete without us. And it was definitely not fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, bet. I guess silver lining, at least, you know, the, the two of you were together during that quarantine period, probably. Right? Kind of yeah. To hang out a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, it was <laughs> on Friday. I didn't have any symptoms or anything like that until the evening. And I didn't even get tested until Monday. So we couldn't really hang out much. And mm-hmm. until yeah. I tested positive because I didn't want to, hang out with them and then test negative and then me ring up positive a week right. later and then possibly miss a bowl game. And so we, we stayed away from each other until I rang up positive. And then after that, we, we hung out and I know we made a, I made a little zoom call and we zoomed during the, the Baylor game so we could talk and watch the game together and stuff like that. Cause. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, and just I mean, even outside of football, it had the year to be a college student with with so many things that you couldn't do. Yeah, I mean. yeah, it was it was definitely a crazy year. With I mean, it was it was better than the spring where yeah. basically everyone got sent home and you didn't know if they basically told the players in the spring you might get a text you need to be back in Manhattan in forty eight hours. So kind of just being on your toes and stuff like that, just waiting for the text and. I mean, I think I think the fall was a little bit better from a student athlete standpoint, but it was still definitely kind of odd not going to class one day, not going the other, having a Zoom class one day, being in person in the other, and then some classes were just fully online, so you'd Zoom both days, and it was definitely definitely odd. Yeah, it was weird in Manhattan that spring with like nobody in town, and you know, just no students around, and just nothing. It was. It was like being in the summer, except almost worse. And then, yeah, even in the fall, it was it was definitely a different feeling around campus, around town. Just, uh, it's been a yeah, definitely a weird year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, some of your, your teammates. First of all, I mean, we saw Skylar Thompson. It was pretty devastating to everybody to, to see him go down. But, you know, good to see him coming back. I, I feel like, you know, Skylar's been through a lot. There's, there's been a lot, a lot of things said about him. Maybe toughness and, and talent do you see from him in practice that, that maybe the fans don't get to see? Especially coming back after after this injury, you can just tell by looking on his face he he's hungry. He's he's ready to get back to work, and he's he's still doing his return to play protocol with his injury and whatnot. But you can just tell, boy, with seven on seven. I mean, he's always in Will's ear, or Jake Rubley's ear. He's always talking to the quarterbacks about the routes people are running. And I mean, I I don't know anything about a quarterback, so I mean, I'm not 100 sure what all he's talking about. But I mean, he's, he's always he's always coaching up the younger guys and making himself better and making the younger guys better. So, I mean, that guy is a teammate. I mean, he's a great teammate. He's, he's a teammate you definitely want to have. Mm-hmm. That is where you get to be a receiver. Any chance that happens? <laughs> I, would, I would be shocked <laughs> if I ever got in at receiver, but you know, the, I'm, I'm uh, optimistic don't it might happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so mad that that, that touchdown got uh, disallowed. <laughs> oh, it was it, well. He was well, forward like half a yard or something like that, one yard, and yeah. they called it back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, of course, I mean, the big breakout star it was Deuce Vaughn, the true freshman. Uh, I mean, Ben, did did you have an idea that that he would be so great so soon? You could tell in fall camp that he was one of those guys that definitely has the potential to play right away with just how fast and how shifty he was and some of the moves that he would make in fall camp, you kind of sit there like, wow, that's a true freshman making that move right there. And some freshmen, it it just depends on the freshman, but some guys get in the spotlight and they get nervous and they can't compete to the the high level that is required when, when starting and playing at a division one level. But he got in there and he he acted like he'd been doing this for two, three years. Like he was a guy that he had the confidence. He was always talking and making sure everyone was staying up in the huddle and, and he, he, I mean, he's another one, just like Skyler. He's a great leader, even as a true freshman. I mean, you think the guy had been in college for two or three years, and he was just a great leader, pushing his teammates to get better. And, and I mean, Harry Trotter definitely helped him out with kind of like showing him the, the ropes and stuff on leading and communication and stuff like that. Yeah. It seems like he comes from a, a great family, too, and so kind of gets a lot of that. I mean, you you know how that is. You got a lot of athletes in your family too. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> well, and, you know, a lot of people compare Deuce Vaughn to Darren Sproles. And I'm sure you've seen Darren play in the NFL. Do you, do you remember watching Darren Sproles play at Kansas State? Did you watch him as growing up? I didn't watch him very much at at K State, but I okay. I watched him when he was in the NFL a little bit, and I definitely see some yeah. some similarities in the cuts that they make and and their speed and just kind of their style of play. I definitely see some similarities in that. And it's crazy because Deuce still has three, four years. If he wants to use that extra COVID year, he still has three or four years left of college. And so, I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a, a special player for sure. All right. So, so we, I mean, we talk about Deuce Vaughn. Ben, who's going to be the, the breakout star or breakout stars of 2021 for Kansas State? You know, I mean, I think I think Skyler Skyler will have a really good year. I think Sebastian Taylor is is bound to have a really good year just with how hard that he works and and the work that he puts in. I think Deuce Vaughn, you'll see, you'll see, will have a really good year. And 
I mean, it's tough to tell because I mean, we uh, we haven't gotten the pads back on. We can't see who yeah. who's done what over break and stuff like that. But it, it, I'm interested to see that in the spring because we'll be able to tell real quick on who uh, who worked hard in the off season and and who didn't, and you can kind of get an idea on who's going to be a player for us this year. And yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about kind of your early years before Kansas State. First, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we're back. So Ben, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, you grew up a family a- athlete. Your your dad and brother actually went to my alma mater, Missouri. Yeah. Marcus was a, a baseball player who went to and up with the Detroit Tigers system for a little while. His brother Marlon threw for five thousand yards, um, and another brother, Michael, played at Cali and Phillips University baseball. And then your brother Will went and played college basketball too, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. He went to. Uh... He played at San Angelo State, and he played at Arkansas State. Yeah, okay. So, so, I mean, is that, like, a lot of pressure? Like, is it, like if you don't make college, college athletics, you're a failure? Or what's that like? No, no. My, uh, <laughs> my parents, if I wanted to go to a football camp or I wanted to play summer baseball, they encouraged me, but they never forced me to do, to do anything. They never pressured me to go to camps and like, you need to do this. You need to go, you need to go to college and play sports. And, you know, they, they never did anything like that. It was kind of, we're going to support you. If you want to go play college football, you're more than welcome to, if you want to go play college baseball, you can go do that. And, you know, college basketball is never really an option for me. I'm kind of (laughs) short post, but. (laughs) But yeah, you were an all state baseball player too. At Trinity, when did you you know know you'd be playing football instead of baseball? My sophomore year, I was kind of getting recruited a little bit to play. I mean, it was by uh, local like JUCOs, Hutch, Butler, like mm-hmm. places like that. And kind of started when I get when I was getting closer to 300 pounds. My junior year was kind of like I think I think football is the route that I want to take. And yeah. Because again, you don't really see a 300-pound baseball player very often, and if I did go play baseball, I mean, I'd probably be a DH or a first baseman or something like yeah. that. But yeah, I was kind of been the next Prince that. Fielder. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would have had to speed up a little bit to be as fast as him. But <laughs> yeah. uh, did, did you ever get in, have any contact with with Mizzou as well? I mean, given. You know, that's an Adler name there. No, I never I never really talked to any coaches from there. K-State started talking to me my junior year, and by the spring of my junior year, they offered me, and not long after that, I committed. So I kind of shut yeah. down recruiting. I wasn't one of those guys that was going to commit, then decommit, then commit again. I was basically <laughs> told Coach Seiler and Coach Dickey that I'm committing, I'm 100% in. You guys don't have to worry about anything. I'll be, I'll be at K State. Yeah, and, and of course, Snyder was still there. What, what was it like to to get an offer and know you were gonna get a chance to play for legendary head coach Bill Snyder? It was, it was a crazy experience because I mean, my dad had like even growing up, my dad talked about Coach Snyder and his legacy at K State and how he basically turned a program that was getting ready to get shut down, the football program, how it was basically getting ready to be shut down because they were so bad. And Coach Snyder turned it around and won a few Big 12 championships. And it was it was definitely pretty crazy to get an opportunity to play under him and Coach Dickey. And and Coach Seiler was a big part of my recruiting. So it was, it was great to be able to play under those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So what was that like that first game when you guys had to play Oklahoma State and see Coach Dickey on the other sideline? You know, I didn't I didn't get to talk to Coach Dickey. I wish I would have been able to see find him after the game and talk to him, but yeah, I mean, he I mean, OSU, they had, they had a really good offensive line. They had a really good right tackle. Uh Jenkins, I think is his name. But uh I mean, he he he'll go pretty high in the draft this year, but it's just it's just proof that coach Coach Dickey's a really good offensive line coach and he he's more than just an offensive line coach. He cares about his players and he's a good man. Yeah. And then, so, you know, we kind of talked about it early on that there were a lot of experienced guys playing ahead of you. You know, just what was it like to, to learn from some of the great players like Dalton Reiser and, you know, Scott France uh, and the guards in front of you or Tyler Mitchell and Evan Curl? How much did you learn from those guys your first couple of years? Oh, it, was, it was crazy how much I learned under under Tyler. Tyler was always in my ear about, Hey, hand was your hand wasn't in the right place. Hey, you false stepped on on your first step. Hey, you didn't get your second step in the ground. He was always in my ear telling me, "Hey, you need to do this, this," and kind of kind of coaching me up. So it was definitely it was basically like having a second offensive line coach that only watched me. And it was really nice to be able to have him and him be able to coach me and stuff like that through practices as a redshirt freshman, as a redshirt guy, as a redshirt sophomore. Having him all those years was definitely beneficial for my career, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about? I mean, your dad was a quarterback. Um, I think, I think, or your uncle at least was a quarterback, and yeah. But like, how much did they kind of help you as far as offensive line? You know, they they didn't really know my dad anyway. I I didn't talk to my uncle very much <laughs> about it, but. My dad didn't know too much about offensive line and stuff like that, other than get locked up and drive the guy downfield. But you know, I mean, other than that, he didn't he didn't know too much about offensive line. And then be, me being the first offensive lineman in my family, I mean, it was kind of yeah. me learning from scratch, going to camps, learning from different coaches, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so yeah, so you're there, and uh, would have been what after your. Second year, Bill Snyder retires. Yeah. I know, and that was kind of weird how that all went down. What was your reaction to that news when it happened? You know, I was I was a little surprised because it, it kind of caught everyone off guard because we hadn't heard anything about it. And then the day that he announced that we were having a team meeting, we have some breaking story on ESPN, and I get ESPN updates on my phone. And it mm-hmm. says, Bill Snyder retiring. And I was like, what? Like... <laughs> Didn't, I'm not 100% sure what's going on here, but I know I have a team meeting in like two or three hours. And, <laughs> and yeah, he, he later, he retired that day. And it was, it was definitely strange. And there was a lot of guys that were kind of like, what happens now? Because, I mean, at that point, we hadn't, right. there was no coaches on the way yet. And it was, it was, it was definitely odd. Right. And it was I'm, pretty late. I mean, it was kind of late in the, in the game for towards be retiring so the the coaching carousel had kind of already spun around a little bit yeah uh, yeah and so i mean you, you talked about you know what do you do now and i mean what was transferring ever a, a consideration for you or any of the other offensive linemen that you talked to or anything like that no i never talked to my parents about transferring yeah. i not many people in my family have been have been to k-state but I know, I know that K State. It's it's a special place to me, and not not one time did I ever think, hey, maybe I should leave. Maybe, maybe I should go find a different home. It's 
K-State has always been has always been my home and hopefully it'll be my kids home and their kids homes and can get them to come here because I mean I, I've loved K-State since the second I stepped on on campus I've, I've loved the campus I love the people in Manhattan it's been a tremendous experience being here yeah that's cool to hear good to hear and so yeah then Chris Kleiman comes and, and, you know, obviously he's got a, a pedigree of winning national championships, North Dakota State, but kind of what were your first impressions of him as a coach? He was definitely a player's coach. Like, he was very big on giving ownership to the, the players on the team and basically let the let the players – it's their team. Like, you needed the players to buy in and do the right things, be leaders and stuff like that. And – it was definitely a change from when coach Snyder was here, but it was, it was a good change. It wasn't, it wasn't hard for people to adjust. It was a good change for all the players. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned coach Riley a few times, Connor Riley, the offensive line coach. I mean, we've had Nick Leckie on the podcast. He's a really big Connor Riley fan. Um, I think he kind of talks about just how positive he is and leading the players. You know, what do you like about coach Riley? I love Coach Riley to death. He's very good at knowing when he needs to rip somebody and when he needs to go talk to somebody and figure out something's going on besides football here. Like he's not he's he's clearly upset about something and he knows he knows how to communicate with his players really well and he knows how to get through to them. Some guys might need him need Coach Riley to scream at him and get him to go. Some guys might need him to kind of pull him to the side. They don't want to be embarrassed and stuff like that and Coach Riley is really good at doing both and He's an excellent teacher and helps uh, and helped all these young guys that are coming in now get to know the offense. He helped me when I first got here when I was a redshirt sophomore on figuring out the offense and stuff like that. So I have a crazy amount of respect for Coach Riley and uh, yeah, I, I love him to death. Yeah, and then the, the other thing at Kansas State, uh, I know certainly from Winfield High School to Kansas State. The facilities and stuff would just be night and day. I don't know how things were at Trinity, but I mean, and and obviously that you know it just keeps adding more. It seems like the stadium is, is so much better than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But what yeah. was it like to you know have a lot around you? You know, it was it was pretty crazy. Like going from, I mean, Winfield had a pretty nice weight room. Trinity had a pretty nice weight room, but I mean, going from those schools to Kansas State was it was unbelievable. Like the technology they'd have on racks to track bar speed, or they'd track the bar velocity and different stuff like that. And it was definitely pretty crazy that you can do an entire workout on just these racks. Like you, you don't, majority of our workouts, like we use dumbbells every once in a while, but I mean, for the most part, all of our workouts can be done with pull-ups on the rack. You can do bench, squat, hang clean, pull downs I mean you can do anything on how how amazing these racks are and then we have a little turf hill in there that we can get warmed up on you have bags in there I mean the list goes on and on about all the stuff that they have in there and it's just pretty crazy on all the all the stuff that they have Mm -hmm. and JT I mean I guess you've seen some of that stuff kind of being around it right um I don't think I've ever actually been in the Facilities. I know, oh, no. like, okay. like the West Stadium Center, like all that stuff's gorgeous. And even the, I've, I've been in the training room, the, not the training table, the training table where, you know, where they, the guys eat. And that looks just, you know, incredible. 
and to watch some of that go up and and it, I mean even the way like veneer looked when I was a student back you know in the late aughts and when they had started to do some of those things versus how all that stuff looks now it's just it's incredible yeah I remember uh, I remember when we uh, when I went to a camp there going into my junior year it was a full day camp you'd go in the morning and then they'd feed you lunch up in performance table and then you'd go back for the afternoon session and I remember I, I went up there for for lunch and just thought on how crazy nice this place is. I was just looking around like we eat here every day. And <laughs> it was, it's a tremendous facility and all the people up there do a really good job on getting, on making sure all the athletes get fed and they get enough food and, and yeah, they just do a really good job. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, but, and I know coach Kleiman is big on, you know, talking up, the history of the program, you know, how much of that is, is around you and kind of does that motivate you, you know, to, to live up to those high expectations that, that Kansas State has developed? Well, I feel like all of the coaches, including Coach Kleiman, are big on the legacy at K-State. Like, you're not just playing for the guys in the room. You're playing for every person that has worn the power cat on their helmet, for all the fans, for all the people of Manhattan. Like, it's it's bigger than, than just you. It's your team, your family, Manhattan. I mean, you're, you're playing for, for everyone. You're not just playing for yourself. And he's very big on selflessness. That's one of our team goals is being selflessness. Yeah. yeah. And so I can say that does this mean that you're going to take that extra year that the NCAA has given you? Have you made that decision yet? I, I haven't made that decision yet. I'll talk to my family after this upcoming year. It's it's a long ways away. I got all this off season and next season to look forward to before I, I worry about that. So I'll yeah. probably wait until December and sit down and talk to my family and and just talk to them about it. I'll sit down and talk to Coach Kleiman and Coach Riley about it and and go from there. But and I probably won't even think about it until then and yeah. then I'll just make my yeah. decision in December sometime or January. Right. Sure. Are you still on track to graduate in spring next year, 2022? I'll be, I'll be graduating or, or you, in the fall. Your retro, and, that's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So then would you, if you wanted to stay then, or will you be starting a, a master's program or and how's that going? I don't think that, I don't think that K-State has a master's program for construction science. But I might, okay. I mean, if I do end up coming back for another year, I might take a few business classes that could benefit me in my my educational career and see how that goes. Yeah. Because I know that I'm also trying to get a, a business minor that that should help me. Mm-hmm. And, and I might just throw in a few business classes because, I mean, I doubt I'd be able to have time in a year to get a full business degree. But just take a few classes that could benefit me in, in the construction industry whenever I get done with football. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Because your your major is listed as construction science and management. It's uh, so that's yeah. basically just the construction industry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I guess let me just you know last things. I'm sure you're looking forward to, to getting fans back and building family again. But um, you guys get to open up in Arlington against Stanford. You know, what do you think about that experience? You know, they told us they told us that in December or January sometime, whenever we had a team meeting, they told us about that and we were all kinda like, Wow, that 
wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. And, uh, and I mean, I've never played in that big of a stadium before. I think the, I don't even, I can't even think of a stadium that's been close to that size, but yeah, I mean, the entire team was just jacked when they told, when uh, the coaches told us that and it, it, we're all really excited to play there. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I actually had a job in Northwest Louisiana as a sports writer. So I got to go to two or three Cowboys games and I'll tell you that's the best press box I've ever seen. I mean, that stadium is amazing. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, well, uh, JT, I think that's about all I've got. I don't know anything else. That I just I want to know, one, how excited were you when you heard that Noah was coming back? And two, you know, I put you on a spot just a little bit. Who are you more excited that was coming back? Was it Noah or Skyler? You know, I was I was unbelievably thrilled when I heard Noah was coming back just because I know that the impact that he has on the offensive line with his leadership and communication and stuff like that. Like I was, I was really thrilled to hear that he was coming back and, you know, I love Noah and Skyler both. So I, I don't know if I can say which one I was more excited for to come back. I'm, I was really excited when I heard both of them were coming back. So I, I don't, I don't know if I could answer that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I kind of figured that's the way, that's the way that would go. Uh, well, Ben, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. This was fun, man. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, this has yeah. been a lot of fun. Yeah, so this is the part of the podcast that we, uh, you know, ask you guys if you want to promote anything. I don't know if people follow you on social media, anything like that. Yeah, I think I think you guys follow me on on Twitter and stuff. So I'll be I'll be sure to to give it a retweet and. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What is your Twitter though? Just so our listeners can know. Uh, it's at Ben Adler sixty three. Okay. Cool. Might be an underscore in there. Ben Adler underscore sixty three. I'm not hundred percent sure off the top of my head. <laughs> I was gonna say one other thing that I think is kind of cool. I don't know. You're probably used to this by now in your life, but you know, last name Adler means you're the first name on the Kansas State roster when you go to the website. So. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done that before. When uh, when I first got to K State, after I got my my portraits taken, I went in there and looked, and it was it was pretty easy to find me just because it's the very actually no. And when that <laughs> it was Adams was here, Kendall Adams was here, so I was the second oh, yeah. man on the roster. But yeah, not not I was the one right below him. So it was yeah, it's always been kind of cool that uh, when my mom goes to the website and she finds me pretty easy and. <laughs> My grandma, when she goes to the site, because she's she, she's not very tech savvy, so it's easier for her to find yeah. me on there if she wants to read about it. You know, it's uh, <laughs> speaking of of the website. That's one thing I always was curious about was like your first, you know, beer to your picture. It looked like you were like staring at the camera, like you wanted to break the thing. Was there a story behind that, or did they just snap you at a good time? <laughs> you know, um, I, there's not really a story behind it. They said you can look mean and tough in the camera or you can smile it's kind of just up to you and i was was like all right we're going mean today and i just i just hadn't updated it in a while <laughs> it was probably I just, an early I morning picture though camp, so. it's like man ben looks like he's about to eat somebody for lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, it was probably an early morning for camp and i was probably tired and like man i'm, I'm exhausted right now just take the picture yeah. Uh, all right well ben thanks for joining us thanks thank you for having me yeah